This morning, we're sharing with uh, from Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 15. Just a short little passage that I think frequently gets kind of overlooked. Not overlooked in the sense of, of, of a, a sense of joy in reading it, but in a sense of, of what it might be saying in more depth, especially with what Jesus is coupled it with here in his teaching. Uh, you remember in, in chapter 18, verse 1, and, and through the first few verses, uh, Jesus is, uh, the disciples are talking and wondering about who's the greatest. And you know, Jesus brings a child and he says, well, the greatest is, is, is found in a childlikeness in the sense of, of humility and humbleness and not demanding uh, physician. And uh, he uses a child as, as an object lesson, if you will, it says that we were to come to the kingdom like a child. And, and here in Matthew 19, he brings that again to the picture. In a slightly different context, but it, 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 it's, it brings out a similar picture. It says, Then children were brought to Jesus that he might lay hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them, and he went away. Now, we also have this in Mark chapter 10 and Luke chapter 18. All three Gospels making reference to this situation. So, again, a child is becoming an object lesson. In the sense of, of people, though, now are bringing their children to him. Uh, and again, he says, uh, you know, uh, that, that important phrase, uh, for such belongs to the kingdom of heaven. So, there is something more here than, in addition to what was already said in Matthew 18. And, and what we have is, is the people bringing their children to Jesus. The people that are bringing their children, obviously, are their parents or their family members, maybe their grandparents. Uh, but they're bringing their children to Jesus. And the word for children here. In, in Matthew, it, is, it could be more like toddlers, but the one that's used in Luke and in Mark would imply infants as well. And I don't, so wouldn't be surprised if it's the, the, the wholeness of that, uh, in the sense that, that Jesus is, these parents are bringing their child, children to Jesus to, to lay hands on them, to bless them. And this was not an unusual thing for Hebrew people to do with their children to bring their children to a, a the the new rabbi of the synagogue, or or to a, a teacher, or to a, a, a holy man of God, uh, and ask for their blessing on their child. So this is nothing uncommon. The reason why it's important to note that is this probably has even happened before. The fact that we're record, seeing it here is because of the timing that it ties in with the teaching that Matthew wants to relay to the Hebrew people in the kingdom of God that he, that, 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 that he is teaching about. And, and so uh, we have this common practice that the disciples are, 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 are 
praying, or not praying, but, but coming out and, and saying, no, not now. They were bringing them to Jesus. And the disciples rebuked them. They rebuked the people who are bringing them, not the children. And uh, the question is, why? Why now? And you have to note first uh, is the location they are. And, and this would have to tie scriptures going back into the fuller context of chapter 19. They're in, they have entered into Judea and they're headed towards Jerusalem. This is the last time Jesus is heading towards Jerusalem. <laughs> Uh, and, 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 uh, so the disciples don't know that though. What do you think might be in their mind? We know what's, what was in their mind even into the, into the Last Supper. So it's not surprising that this would be in their mind here too. And that is, again, the kingdom of God is coming. You know, and, and they're excited about it. And they are still wondering about their positions in the kingdom of God. Not only have we dealt with it in chapter 18, but we will deal again with it in chapter 20. They want to, you know, they want to know what to expect. Now, I don't fault them in the sense that they don't have a full understanding of what's going on. They are, have been trained all their lives to anticipate the coming of, of the Messiah and Him setting up the kingdom of God in Jerusalem. And, and so they're, they're anxious to get there. And there's, there's some that say, uh, that, you know, they did, they thought that maybe, you know, that Jesus was too important a teacher to be bothered with this. And I found that in several commentaries. But I found a few who said, and what I more agree with, they didn't want the journey to Jerusalem delayed. Oh, we don't have time for them right now. I think it's important that you see that. I, I really see that in the meaning of this. They, they, they rebuke the parents in the sense of saying, we don't have time for you right now. It's not that children... Children in the Hebrew culture are considered a blessing. You know, these men should, would know that. So, I don't see... I see them looking at this more in the idea that that window needs to be shut and hooked. Uh, <laughs> if there's a distraction, go for it, right? Uh, more in the idea of, of, of they just want to get on with this and, and, and they're headed, they've crossed into Judea, they know they're headed towards Jerusalem. Let's get there. Now, they were excited about this trip. They're excited about what's going on. They're excited about all the things they've seen. They're excited about the miracles. They're excited about Jesus' teachings, the healings, the, the, the people following. But in order to do this, there was a taking a time out. And I, I don't think that there was any small number. The indication was is that they were like lining up. I don't think there was any small number of people involved with this. And it was almost like you, know, you could look out and... And uh, see the the line going and the crowds forming and, and a little bit of chaos coming up. And, and people who are anxious to have Jesus bless their child kind of pushing and juggling their way to it. A lot of maybe chaos and confusion coming up and through the crowds and stuff. And they're just saying, we don't have time for this. 
too, you know, not so that Jesus was too important to be to be bothered with this, but that the disciples didn't want to delay getting to Jerusalem, getting on with business. Maybe even a bit of both, I don't know. But I lean towards the second thought there. What was important here was they saw what they were involved in and they had their set of priorities. They didn't ask Jesus any advice. They just took control. We're still dealing with the humility issue. Jesus wasn't having a problem with this. Some might say, okay, then, well, maybe they were trying to protect Jesus and not have him get worn out. They've seen him with so many crowds. I don't think this is, is, is an issue. They just saw themselves as the disciples of Jesus and, and uh, they had business to attend to and this wasn't on their agenda. But again, note, it wasn't bothering Jesus. He was embracing them. He, he started holding them and, and, and blessing them. So again, Jesus brings a child into the picture, the children into the picture as object lessons. Jesus' reaction to the disciples rebuking the Parents, according to Mark chapter 10, verse 14, Jesus saw it, them rebuking the parents, and he was indignant. Indignant. We don't see Jesus angry often. It's, this word has never been used with the disciples. In fact, this is the only time it is used with the disciples. He's upset with them. They haven't figured it out yet. Jesus is here for the people. The Jewish people, all of them. You know, and, and, and for the children. And the grown-ups. He, he's, he's, he's there for them. And, and, and He wants... What a joy for Him. He was taking it, I believe, as... as you know, every time I... I, I picture in my mind and I've seen people do paintings of this and, uh, and, and pictures of this and those of you who taught children's church or Sunday school have had the coloring pages of this and, and, and all and, and you, you see you know you don't see Jesus going oh you know there's this this, this sense of, of uh, in fact he picked them up in his arms the idea is that he picked them up he lifted them up and, and then hugged them that's not somebody who's bored or tired or worn out. <laughs> He's loving the moment. And He did lay His hands on them and He did bless them. He did pray for them. So Jesus is indignant. He's angry with the disciples. He's upset with them. And so He says, let the little children come to me, or permit the, the, the little children to come to me. And do not hinder them. 
kind of takes us back again to Matthew 18. Don't cause one of these little kids to stumble. It would be better for you to have a millstone tie around your, you know, clamped around your neck and you thrown into the deep part of the sea. That's to me, uh, I shared with you before, is an, uh, a picture of, of I, I can get claustrophobic, you know, to an extent. And, and once you're underwater, that's all it takes, you know. I, I you know, I, I I, I, you can't breathe. You can't. You know, can you imagine having the weight and there's nothing you can do? There's no way of getting out from underneath it, and it just sends you down to the bottom of the sea. That's the picture it wants you to to see: is uh, this 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 being a hindrance or a stumbling block to little children is a bad thing. I don't want you to do that. And so here again, he's basically having to say something similar. He says, "Permit them to come. Don't hinder them. Don't stop them." The permit here is, is a word that would be more in the, in the present. It's now. Don't, you know, let, the, let them in now. Don't stop them right now. Just let them in. Let them come. And then the don't hinder them is, is for future reference. And don't hinder them any other time either. So don't stop them now and don't ever hinder them from coming to me. Let them come now and don't ever stop them. Obviously important to Jesus. Why? Because he says the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Mark ten fifteen he says, Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Interesting. Matthew 18.3, I already went back to Matthew 18. And it says, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Truly I say to you, Luke 18, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Jesus wants us to glean something from this that is important. Entering the kingdom of God is everything that a, a, a person wants. And, this, and any Hebrew, certainly the disciples, would understand that. That's, that's what they live for, is to, to be a part of the kingdom of God. We as Christians long for the day we, we say, you know, come again, Lord Jesus, come soon. Maranatha, come soon. We sing uh, songs about uh, being in the heavens and, and, and at the river of the, uh, the Jordan River and, and all sorts of songs about with, you know, God and His, His grace and His mercy and His loving and His everlasting, all reflecting on our relationship with Him, which is eternal. It's what we want. And Jesus says, it, you must come as a child. This isn't anything insignificant then. If that's, if that's what it takes, what does it mean to become as a child? And I've heard, I've heard some interesting things, you know, talking about, you know, you know very, very, various sides of it, you know, uh, you know, innocent, sinless. You know, wait a minute. That's not what he's saying here. What do you know about children? Little children. What's one of the first things that, that, that you, you, you realize about a child? They are self-consumed. Now, somebody say that's because they're a baby and they don't know any different. I'm not, no argument. But if they're hungry, they 
They, they let you know. If they're tired, they let you know. If they don't want to go to sleep, they let you know. One of our kids was just refused. You had to put your hand on his stomach in, in his bed and, and hold him down because he'd arch his back in his bed and, and scream because he didn't want to go to bed. You, you know, and, and he knew to arch his back and scream. You see, it was that as a sense of rebellion. And now, I'm not saying that that was unexpected of a child. What I'm saying is that we're not talking about perfect here. That's not what Jesus is referring to. And we'll get to that in a minute. But we're not referring to perfect. I was... Uh, reading from different people what they, they thought about this. And I came across uh, this that I would just uh, just read to you. It's not mine. It comes from uh, uh, John MacArthur. It says, He's not saying these children are in the kingdom of heaven. These children belong to the kingdom of heaven. I thought that was an interesting thing, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the kingdom of heaven, uh, you know... Uh, to the kingdom of heaven, you know, of such as these, the kingdom of heaven. And he goes beyond the, those little children to embrace all in the category and saying, these are the kind who have a place in the kingdom. Babies like these babies. I hadn't thought about it that way. Come as a child. I didn't mind being called a child. But I realize I still am. A baby in the Lord. We don't think of somebody, normally we don't think of somebody that's been in the Lord 10, 12, 15, 30, 40 years, uh, or all, you know, maybe 60 or 70 or 80 years. Uh, we don't think of somebody like that as still a baby. That, in fact, we look at them, we, we, you know, frequently we have people that are in leadership roles at that point, and we look at them as mature Christians and, and this type of thing. But still in the reality of comprehending all that God is and all that He has, we are infants. Can you imagine? I love that song. I can only imagine. Um, what it's going to be like when we do see Him face to face? It, there, there, there's nothing on this earth left in the sense of, of, of purity to really prepare us for it. The only thing that's pure is His Word and, and we confuse it because we don't fully understand it. And so we're looking here. It says, and, and so I thought, well, John MacArthur, I had to think about this. Now, you know, uh, the, the, the idea of babies, you know, uh, uh, here, uh, they're coming to the Lord. Babies like these babies. He's not isolating out the elect babies who have, have a place in the kingdom, babies like these babies. He's not isolating out the... Oh, I read that again. Uh, he's not isolating out the elect babies from the non-elect babies. And, and would you notice, there's no baptism here of babies. And would you notice, there's no indication of the faith of the parents. There's no parental covenant here involved. He just says babies such as these in this category prior to the time when they can understand and respond to Christ, prior to the time when they can exercise their own faith, prior to what I like 
to call the decision time, these little ones belong to the kingdom. I use the term rather than decision time, the ability to discern a moral right and wrong. And do wrong. Not to discern a right and wrong. My daughter knew that to go up and touch the stereo knobs was wrong. We know that she got it when she we, 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 we took her to a baseball game and she wanted to go and play with the other kids and we set the boundaries. And we, we learned this from a, 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 a great parenting seminar that we got to go to very early in our Christian walk. And that was walk with them to the boundaries, let them touch the boundaries so that they know how far they can go. And then you come back and you sit down, how far can you go and make them go touch it and come back to you and say, I understand. Okay, it was pretty easy. There was a bat, we were at a, a softball game, and there was a, a, a trash can at the end of each side of the backstop. And so uh, we made her touch each side, and then when she did want to go down, she says, uh, the, the person, one, one person was saying, well, she never goes when the other kids go past the, that. She never goes, how well-trained she is. It wasn't, we took our time. We, we invested something in it. We got made sure she understood. By the way, we did not tell her not to climb the backstop. <laughs> Talking with some friends after the game, all of a sudden I'm looking up and I have to climb the backstop. I wasn't angry at her. I realized that she needs specifics and boundaries. That's all. I went la- left and right. I just didn't think of up. And I, be- I probably should look down too just to make sure. You know. What I'm getting at is, is that she knew a right and wrong there in the sense of our response to discipline and this type of thing. She wasn't making a moral decision to be rebellious. She was just being herself. But there is a point where a child is able to discern a moral right and wrong. These children weren't there yet. I believe what, what John is trying to say here, and what I and I believe myself, is that children prior to the age of, of moral accountability are in God's kingdom. They're a part of it. Some people will argue that with me. I think of uh, King David, Second Samuel, when his son dies, and his son died as a judgment to his sin. He said, I will see him again. The idea of knowing where his son was. My grandson died in his first few days of life. I have no doubt in my mind where he is. He's with my other son who's preceded us. Who, while he had his difficulties and his problems, I I know without any doubt in my mind his confession and his belief and his faith. I can remember this day, still, at a baptism down at the river. And I said, 
gosh, is there any anybody else? We're here, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm already, you know, in the water. So uh, anybody else? And two boys stepped forward. My son, Chris, and what was like my second son or one of my sons was Jacob Johnson. And they were both teenagers. And they were both baptized that day. Yes, Andy, thank you. So, I I did the opposite yesterday, so I'm fine. Uh, So, again, it, it doesn't say anything about the faith of their parents. It doesn't say... Anything about ritual or baptism, nothing about them being elect or non-elect. He just says, those who are like these belong in my kingdom, and I believe grace is extended to them. And it's that simple for me. Now, if you want to believe otherwise, and you can fight this argument because it's not one that's cut and dry. I say go for it, but I've wrestled with it over the years, and uh, this is where I stand with it and what I see. And... uh, uh, I think that it, there, there's a wonderful confidence that God gives us here. MacArthur said again, I don't think that the Lord could have said what He said so comprehensively when He said of such as the kingdom of heaven if He had been dealing with some kind of elect or non-elect deal or some parental covenant thing or some rite or ritual. I think the only way He could say that they belong in the kingdom of heaven is the fact that because it is true. I just believe they're all under special protection, just as David's son was in Second Samuel. But what this does is just realize there's, there's a, a, a tremendous gift in our children, but that is a responsibility. Okay? As, as we, we come to this, we realize that we need to you know, permit them to come to, to the Lord and, and don't hinder them. In my side of that, what, what is my responsibility if I have children? Well, that's to do what? Introduce them to the Lord. Introduce them to the body of Christ. Introduce them to other people who are a part of the kingdom of God. People bringing them to them and, and letting them be a part of what we do. Some people think that it's a distraction to have our kids in here until we're done with the worship. When I'm gone, you can change it. I drag my feet at putting them out at all. So you'll notice in our bulletin it says, yeah, if you want them to say, you may. <laughs> because I, they, they're a part of who we are. They're a part of the, the family of God. And, and we have a great children's church. We have a great nursery. And, and what they are learning there is essential to their, their coming to know the Lord. And, and, I, and I've reviewed, normally get to review the curriculum and get a, be a part of it and, and the other elders as well. And so we don't take this lightly. Because even if they come here, we could become a hindrance to them if we didn't provide for them the opportunity to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. It was important to Jesus. And it's, he made that clear. And so I put it down here. He says, basically, and I've heard it put this way, we're to have a childlike faith. It never says in Scripture, have a childlike faith, literally. 
but it needs to come as a starting point. And the reality is, I am a child in the Lord. You know, I'm, I, I don't. I may be maturing as a child, but I, it's funny. I don't. I don't see the scripture says, "Bob, you're finally an adult in the Lord." I'm still a child of God. It doesn't even say I'm a teenager. Still uses the word child with the implication of, of, of children. So I need to be amazed at how Jesus sees children and how he loved children and how that is to be a part of who we are. When we're given the opportunity to be around kids is, is to bless them. Even quietly, I, I loved them. I, I, I didn't even understand it, and I didn't understand it until I was, uh, in, well, sadly, until uh, I couldn't go back and, and thank my grandmother. Uh, but she would come. She was living in our home uh, a lot of the time. I, I, my mom was a single mom, and and uh, uh, a, a good part of the time, and. And she would come and she had a rocking chair next to my bed. And when I go to bed, she'd come in and read the scriptures until I fall asleep. And then if I got up, which wasn't unusual, uh, she'd take me back to bed and read the scriptures until I fall asleep. I have no idea what all the seeds that she planted at that point in time. If she had the opportunity, she took me to church. And I remember going to church. I don't remember a lot about the lessons. I remember more about dropping crayons in the outside vent of the heater and watching them melt. Um, But I knew something about church was special. I knew there was a time in big church where you are quiet and respectful, even if you don't feel like it. And, you know, I, I think of, of when my mom remarried, I, my stepdad, he, he wanted me to be a, a good kid, retired drill sergeant in the Marines. So he had some ideas about how to do that, but one of them, he, he just stayed, there's, there's, there's this church and this church, go to one of them, and he'd send me off every Sunday. Most of the time I didn't go until when he realized that, he made sure I had to bring back a bulletin. Yeah, and so you go in and get a bulge and then come home. But but uh, what I'm trying to get at is, is that there's something about us as parents that think in terms of our children need something. They need, and it's interesting how many people until they have kids don't even think about church. And then all of a sudden it's kind of like, what do, what do I do with my kids? They need they need something. They're a gift, and they're a responsibility. Childlike faith is, is, the, is, is, is the base. Um, Hebrews uh, chapter 11, we're told that, that, that uh, you know, without faith it's impossible to please God. And that doesn't mean the idea to please God means to be at peace with Him, basically. You cannot be at peace with God without faith. And then the whole chapter is about people of faith. In Ephesians 2, it tells us that faith is a gift of God. It's not something that we come up with on our own. The book of Ephesians as well, at the uh, end of the the book, in chapter 6, it tells us that faith is our shield, protects us against the flaming darts of Satan. 
So I'm looking at this and I'm trying to put this in faith is a part of this. But these children are pre that in that sense. So what is it about them that Jesus wants us to see? They're not, they're not ready to make that decision on their own. They, 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 that's something that, that comes as an older child. <laughs> There's a point in time where our eyes are open. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's working in our heart. And for the first time we see the Word of God or, or something about the, 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 the Word of God or, or about the, the church or about Christians or about God Himself and Christ. God's opening our heart and we need to pursue it. We can't do anything else. We have to. But these children are before that point. And I was thinking, so what it is, they have the gift of the kingdom of God, right? How does a child, and this is what, 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 what kind of directed me this way, was a, a child, you know, maybe at Christmas or it's at, at a birthday, but how does a child receive a gift? Now, Somebody could say at a party, I've seen kids that are absolutely obnoxious and greedy. They pile up the gifts and they, they, they you know, what? it's not what we're talking about. It's just how does a child receive a gift? They're excited. There's a sense of, 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 of joy with that excitement. With an openness and sense of, maybe not so much thank you, but mine. About that. That is it, isn't it? Mine. That's what we're to come to. Jesus Christ died so I could say mine. Not selfishly, but initially I have to say it was. You know that when I first came to the Lord, I had been reading a lot. I was in my 20s. And uh, God was after me. Uh, two Christian bookstore owners needed fixtures in their stores. Two different places, two different cities, two different time places, frames. And I was willing to, if they would pay for the materials, I would provide the labor if they would exchange it for books. Because I was curious. Man, did I get books. Kathy's over here going. <laughs> And uh, just all of a sudden, after a year and a half, all of a sudden, <laughs> uh, it just it hit. If this is true, then I need to know him and make it mine. That was what Jesus was saying. Make my death yours. Accept it. What an amazing thing. That's just what a child does. He makes it his. That's what he does with a gift. What, and, and, and so I, I, this, this idea of, of openness and honesty and, and things like that. Little children, they, they can know the difference between telling the truth and the lie, but not necessarily from a moral consequence. You know, little kids understand. And, 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 and we direct them and we train them, hopefully. They, so, uh, coming back, they brought their babies to Jesus to, 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 to put His hands on them, to bless them, to pray for them. And He did. Which shows how important they are that He, had, again, had used them as an example. Such is the kingdom of God. 
we can make it too complicated. We can make it over-religious, if you will. The idea is, who's Jesus? He's the one who emptied himself, came in the flesh, and died for us on the cross. Philippians chapter 2. He was in the, in the beginning with the Word. The Word was in the beginning and He was with God and, and, and He is God. But He came in the flesh to reveal the Father to us. John chapter 1. We're given an admonishment and I, and I want to close with this thought. I, it's, it's another sermon in itself. But, but uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 uh, starting with verse 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house. Not just when you go to synagogue. <laughs> Not just when you go to temple, or not, when, when you go to church. You will talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way. You're outside taking a walk with your kids. Pointing something out. The majesty of God in some particular way. Or God's grace. Or maybe they just they need to talk and you need to give them an answer that, that would direct them towards God for their help. So when you sit in your house, when you walk in the way, and when you lie down, think of my grandmother, and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and then you shall be as frontals between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. What it was was to make that obvious. We're so blessed we have it with us whenever we want. You can get this in any kind of a size. One that fits in your back pocket, one that fits in your purse, one that fits in your glove box, uh, one that's big. If you're if you're like me and you need big print, you can get that. Uh, and and so we all have access to it. And so we come back to this this idea that we are to teach our children along the path, along at home, and when we're sitting down, when we're rising up, and at all these different times, any time the opportunity is there is the time to do it. Jessica, or Kathy and I were fortunate. I mentioned a, a, a seminar that we went to. We'd only been Christians a, a short time. In fact, this would have been the fall of 1976. And Dr. Wayne Bigelow came to the church that we were uh, uh, attending and, and he did this parenting and, and you know, primarily parenting, but parenting similar. In fact, he'd asked uh, the book James Dobson had just come out, Dare, Dare to Discipline. He says, how many of you have this book? How many of you found its application? And, he, and, he, and, and you know, people are racing. He says, did it work with this child? Yes. It might not work with the next one. Did you know that? <laughs> you know, in other words, everyone is different. You know, this, this is a good book. It's got some good ideas, but it's not the only thing. In fact, we come back to Scripture. And he did a detailed message on Deuteronomy. Uh, chapter 6, on what it was to teach your children or to raise them up in the Lord, adding Proverbs 22 to it, to train up a child in the way he should go. And we were blessed. We were blessed. Our children are a blessing. 
They are a gift from God to us individually that have children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, but also to this congregation. They are a gift. And I want to encourage you to embrace them, love them, let them know you are glad they are here. Uh, those few moments when you hear a shriek, you have a choice. You can say, oh. Or you can say, praise God. As we come to communion, we come as the children of God to embrace what He has done for us. Those of us who, who see communion as, as, as the, the sacrament of, of the body and the blood of Christ realize that this is us coming to the Lord as a child saying thank you for the, the grace you have poured out on me. And so I'd ask the ushers to come uh, get the, uh, the communion, pass it out until we've all been served and we'll share together.
is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry till final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man could ever pluck me from His hand till He returns. Calls me home here in the power of Christ. I stand. The night that Jesus was betrayed and arrested, He shared the Last Supper with His disciples. And during that supper, He took the bread and after giving thanks, He broke it. And He gave it to His disciples. And He said, this is My body. Eat this in remembrance of Me. says at the end of the meal, He took the cup of blessing and He held it up to them and He said, this is My blood out for you to purchase the covenant, referring to the covenant of grace that He has extended to us. And He asked us as often as we would drink of this cup that we would do so in remembrance of Him until He comes again. Father, again, we thank You we worship You. We praise You. We ask, Lord, that You would go with us. Cause us to be just open to Your Holy Spirit as we move through this day-to-day life of ours in this world of, that You've allowed us to be in. And, and be in mind that uh, looking for those opportunities to share You and especially with reflection on today's message, uh, thinking of the children. And I think of that song, Jesus loves the little children of the world. And uh, cause us to, to think of them, pray for them in our families, in our neighborhoods. Uh, and uh, uh, just asking, Lord, for your grace to, to win them over. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand?